Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Barclays chief executive Jess Staley is the latest high-profile figure to fall because of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And the big UN climate conference in Glasgow is underway. We'll give you a taste of what's been happening there. Plus, Apple this year started letting users choose if they wanted to be tracked by advertisers. A lot of people opted out, and so a lot of tech companies have been hit. It suggests that the digital advertising market has been based on practices that actually people don't like. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Do we want? When do we want it? When do we want? When do we want it? Protesters were on the streets of Glasgow yesterday as world leaders delivered speeches at the UN Climate Conference, or COP26. Welcome to COP. Welcome to Glasgow. Et de bâtir un accord qui n'était pas construit au début de la, de la COP. Wir werden mit staatlichen Aktivitäten alleine nicht vorankommen. We know that none of us can escape the worst that's yet to come if we fail to seize this moment. Also in Glasgow is our climate reporter Camilla Hodson. She was inside the conference center where the formal events are being held. It's a little like a circus. It's very, very busy. There are thousands of people here. Um, there were people were queuing for about an hour just to get to the security checkpoint. So that all took a bit of time. Meanwhile, outside in Glasgow, it was blowing a gale. Perhaps the Glaswegians wouldn't be as dramatic about it, um, but it felt quite cold to me. So Camilla, as our colleague Leslie Hook told me yesterday, this is a huge diplomatic event, and it seemed like every major world leader was there. You know, we played some moments from a few speeches earlier. Did any of the remarks from high-profile speakers stand out to you? This isn't a world leader, but Sir David Attenborough, the broadcaster, delivered a very powerful speech during the opening ceremony. He talked about humanity being the smartest species to ever have lived on the earth. And, and it was quite a nice counterpoint to what had been until then a series of quite downcast speeches, people saying we are not where we need to be, we need to step up our game. Mr. Anra obviously made that point as well, but it, it was a little more heartening to hear him talk about where we can find hope and the fact that humanity isn't necessarily doomed. Thanks, Camilla. That's our climate reporter, Camilla Hodson in Glasgow for the COP26 climate conference. Barclays chief executive Jess Staley was planning to attend the climate conference in Glasgow. He didn't make it, though, because he was forced to step down from his job. It was a shocking departure, and it blindsided the bank, and it follows an investigation by British financial regulators into the way Staley described his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. That's the late disgraced financier and sex offender. Here's the FT's banking editor, Stephen Morris. Staley knows him because he was his personal private banker at J.P. Morgan back in the early 2000s. Staley took over Barclays in 2015 um, in the UK, and several years later it came to light and regulators took a look again at their relationship and specifically how Jess Staley had described the relationship both to the board of Barclays and British regulators. And although we haven't seen the full report, we can at least infer today that regulators concluded Jess Staley had not been completely honest or had mischaracterized his relationship with Epstein to such an extent that he has felt that he's had to step down. Now, this is obviously shocking for yet another Barclays CEO 
to have to step down in scandal, the second one in 10 years now. But until the full picture comes out, we don't know exactly what Staley is alleged to have mischaracterized that went on between the two men. Stephen, what do you know about the man Barclays has tapped to replace Staley? Uh, his name is C.S. Venkatakrishnan. Venkat, as he's known, is a longtime lieutenant of, of Jess Staley. They worked together at J.P. Morgan, and he was one of the first people that Jess Staley tapped up to leave J.P. Morgan and join him in London at Barclays. Uh, he's a risk officer by trade. It's hoped that he will bring a more safer pair of hands to the bank. Jess Staley's a bit more of a swashbuckling character. Um, Venkat, I've met him a few times. He's a very nice guy. He's, he's very considered and he has the full backing of the board, apparently. They said that he's been their number one pick for a few years, but still, um, he's been catapulted into the limelight possibly a year or two before anticipated and, of course, in incredibly difficult circumstances. So his main aim will be repairing relations with regulators, talking to investors and calming them down, and then seeing what he can bring to the bank. He's already taken the opportunity to say how disappointed he is his boss and his mentor has left. So he's not distancing himself from his predecessor. But as we say, he's shunned the limelight until this period. So really, he's a bit of a blank sheet of paper. Stephen Morris is the FT's banking editor. Okay, so we know Apple is a powerful company, but its decision earlier this year to allow users to opt out of tracking showed how much power Apple has over other tech companies. Many apps were simply walloped by Apple's move. To talk more about this, I'm joined by our chief business commentator, Brooke Masters. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Mark. So, Brooke, how badly has Apple's change to its privacy policy hit other tech companies like Snapchat? I'm, I'm mentioning Snap because it recently announced earnings and its share price absolutely plummeted after it mentioned Apple's privacy policy. Well, what Snap said is without being able to follow people around the internet, their advertising is much less targeted. So it's much less attractive to people who want to buy advertising. And it has wiped projected ad sales out for companies that do this. Patrick McGee, who works at the FT as well, did a really interesting calculation and found that it's almost $10 billion in projected ad sales that just vanished because people stopped spending money on it because the ads aren't as good. Wow. I mean, that is just astonishing. Um, how do companies plan to respond to this? Well, they are finding different ways to target users. If they can't follow them around the internet, they can do other things. Twitter, which was affected, but said the effects were only modest. What they're doing, instead of saying, you know, you, Mark, went and looked at, you know, the Boston Red Sox site, and therefore we will offer you advertising about Boston or about baseball. Instead, what they say to advertisers is, if you want to advertise about Boston, buy ads on the topic Boston. So when somebody tweets about Boston, then they get an ad about it, which is much less intrusive. That's not following you around. That's, you know, you put yourself on Twitter saying, I'm interested in Boston, and Twitter is serving you up an ad that matches. Right. I've actually seen those, not for the Red Sox, though, for the Mets. Apologies. I, I'm a Mets fan as well, and that's insulting to say that you would read for the Red Sox. <laughs> It's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, have any companies been able to dodge the worst of Apple's privacy policy? Well, Google, which has a different way of collecting information on you, is doing fine. Basically, Google has a first party relationship with you because when you go to Google and search for something, they know you're searching. So they don't need to track you around the Internet. They already have you on Google. And so they have been just fine in their ad sales. So while we're talking about all these 
companies that have been negatively affected by Apple's privacy policy. You know, how has Apple fared? Well, you see, Apple, like Google, has direct information about you. It doesn't need to follow you around the internet. You're on its phone. And so its advertising, which is a relatively small part of its revenue, but one of the highest margin parts and one of the fastest growing parts, is doing great. It's up 40% this year. What does this all tell us about the digital advertising market's method of raising revenue? Is it flawed? I would say it suggests that the digital advertising market has been based on practices that actually people don't like. If people were happy to be tracked all around the internet, the fact that Apple has asked them to say, please allow, wouldn't matter because we would all be fine saying, oh yes, I'm really happy for Facebook to ride around and see everything I do. But the reality is most digital advertising is sold in a way that people really don't like once they know about it. And so I think it will require everyone to rethink. I personally think we actually need some common standards. So it's not just Apple saying you can't do this, but actually that there are privacy rules that say you can't do this. In Europe now, because of GDPR, which is their 2018 data privacy regulation, when you click on a website, the first time you get there, it always asks, are you happy for us to track you? Because they have to do that now. And that's not Apple being nice or Apple caring about its customers. That's like the law. And that matters. And that's something that regulators or you know, maybe even Congress could do here in the U.S.? Absolutely. And actually, California is moving this way and thinking about it. Unfortunately, Congress has gotten very hung up on partisan debates when it comes to the Internet because Republicans and Democrats have different things they don't like and they haven't moved forward as fast as I think many people wish they would. Brooke Masters is our chief business commentator. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for having me. One more thing before we go. You know how when you get older, your memory starts to get a little foggy? That totally happened to us last month. The FT News briefing turned three years old on October 15th, and it completely slipped our minds. Now, it's okay if you didn't get us a birthday present. You tuning in every day is enough of a gift. But if you want to give us a little something, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. It helps other listeners find the show. So thank you again for your support. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.